AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Some people might be asking why we didn't release a podcast after the North London derby. Mm, I'm asking the question. Um, well, actually, the actual reason, the actual reason was we, we had a live, we, we did the Fighting Cock Social during the game. And as you can imagine, it was at some points incredible. Amazing. And then at other points, terribly sad. Uh, the real reason why we didn't release a pod on Monday was that I forgot my recording equipment and that's not. I, that's not a lie. Um, <laughs> it's convenient. It, well, I, I thought my dad was going to bring it, but um, I, my nan, his mum, he isn't very well, and uh, so he couldn't come. And uh, he, he was going to bring the recording equipment anyway. Uh, as it turned out, I didn't fuck it. The last thing I fucking wanted yeah. to do was talk about that game after it. Yeah, it's probably like, for the best in hindsight. Yeah, uh, a couple of people were messaging me saying, "We need your pod to to pick us up." Yeah, like messaging the fine cock and that. I'm like, what do you say? Yeah, the thing is, I'm, well, now I'm a little bit more involved in the pod. Um, it's, it's more difficult for me to say, but when I was just kind of a mere mortal listening, yeah, uh, I needed it. I always needed it. No, so I was I, kind of like, fully, I just... Fully appreciate that. Yeah. And, and I would have done it. We would have done it. Um, except that we didn't have the equipment. And, <laughs> I, and it does sound like a cop-out. Yeah. Uh, and look, all I would say to that is that if you look back at our past, yeah. the fine cock hasn't missed anything. Yeah, it's true. We, we've, always, we've always been... Res- Responsive, regardless of the situation. Um, but it was a blessing for me because I didn't want to do it. I didn't yeah. want to. Did not want to talk about that game no. afterwards. But we will. We will. Um, we will tonight, and, and and we'll go through a few things and figure out what it is uh, that, that that went wrong and how we uh, how we respond yeah, from gonna, here because we are going to respond. We're gonna. I mean, this isn't the end of the world. No. I mean, it felt like it on ninety minutes. I felt like this is the end of the world. Yeah, there, there's nothing left, John. Yeah, I was just kind of looking for a hole just to throw myself into and just cover myself in dirt. 
Big John Bass. All right. How you doing? I'm good, mate. You've I'm been good. like a couple of times on the pod now. It's all good. Yeah, it's my hat trick. So, how is it? I've got a hat trick ball. I'm just waiting for the, if there was the a, ceremony at the end. Yeah, if there was a ball, then you'd definitely get to keep yeah, it. Yeah, which would be uh, great. Um, you, you've got a, uh, a radio show. I have. Pulse. Pulse88.co.uk. The number one for R&B and hip hop. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, did I say that or is it? I, I don't know if there's a legal requirement, but you guess you can I say mean, it. Say whatever you want, really. Yeah, no I guess. Come get it, especially. If you're in a situation where no one's listening. That's a good point, which may well be the case <laughs> with my show, yeah. You're doing that to the show tonight, if people listen yes. back to it afterwards. Yeah, if they want to listen to the show, it is a basically what I describe as a real hip-hop show. So there's right. not really that much mumble rap on there. There's new stuff, but only with artists that are kind of lyrical, content-minded and... Have you heard of Dax? Dax, D-A-X. Yeah. Yes, but I couldn't tell you anything about him. Oh, he's like a YouTube rapper, but he's oh, right, quite okay. good. Decent, yeah? Yeah, he's a bit beggy. Uh, trying okay. to get attention from people but right, he's okay. good he, he is good okay interested um, so yeah so I'm doing that this evening um, it's every Thursday 11 till 1 in the morning there you go which makes Friday mornings a struggle I know right. what time have you got to be up for work uh, well usually I leave the house about 8 o'clock so shit yeah. so I mean this is it the grind for yeah, doing something hustle, you're passionate man. about this is the hustle so um, we, we released, this week the Fighting Cop release day podcast uh, conversation I had with Mido Yes. Um, which, when, when I was doing it, to be honest, when I, was, when, when I, I met... So, so this came about because he was on TalkSport, all right? And my brother, Joe, he said to me, Mido would be great to chat to you. He's got bags of stories. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, how can, I get to, how can I get to him? How can I get to him? And I happened to do some work through Ball Street, a place where I used to work. Uh, we, we were producing a Mo Salah documentary. Yeah. And someone I spoke to in that was really well-connected in ah, okay. Egyptian football. And I asked him basically, and within ten minutes, he got the friend of Mido's number and sent it to me. And amazing. And uh, I, I messaged Mido, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, cool. Whenever you want." And I was like, "Fuck, what guy?" Yeah, yeah. And uh, originally, we were supposed to meet near his house in Shoreditch, uh, a cafe. And then he's he changed it the next day because he couldn't do the first day. He changed the next day, and it was a Lanesborough Hotel in. Yeah. Um, in Knightsbridge and if anyone hasn't been to that and I, I hadn't I'd yeah. never even heard of it I'm not of that <laughs> cut from that cloth I'm not cut from that cloth yeah. I absolutely am not and yeah. I I didn't know what I was walking into and yeah. what I was walking into was a, another world do you reckon when you got the call saying do you want to do this he had a little look at you and he thought right what I'll do is I'll do it in a calf and then he's had a look at you done some research and gone I'm going to put him out of his comfort zone here and we'll go to the Lanesborough. Do you reckon that's what you um, I honestly think that you didn't think about me at all. Right. Uh, and then sense. just got us to sit down. I, I, yeah. yeah I can't, I can't. <laughs> because it's quite, all I mean is it's quite a switch, isn't it? From going, just yeah, Catherine. Well, round no, he, he was doing some stuff with Sky the day okay. before, uh, that's got 10 minutes before we met. Okay. So that's what it was. All right. Uh, but what I would say, he was very hospitable and uh, nice. And as I said at the beginning of the podcast, uh, you know, the intro to that interview with Mido, um, he has an air of authority about him yeah. that, I, that I don't tend to take kindly to generally yeah. but in that instance I was just like a little mouse and going hi Mido yeah what, what, was, what was great about listening to because I listened to it on the way to the game yesterday is in my mind he's sitting in like a big like Ames chair smoking a massive cigar which obviously he can't do yeah. smoking a massive cigar with like whiskey on the rocks or something like that Yeah, and uh, he's, he's just got people whispering in his ear every so often and then they just scuttle off like. there was no one else there it was just him <laughs> and it, but it weren't far removed from that oh, like really? remove the cigar remove the entourage yeah. and it was just him in a big chair I had a big chair as well mm. I had exactly the same chair as him good but uh it, it, I mean, it was it was an odd experience, but yeah. when I listened back to it, I was like, I'm pretty pleased about that. Oh, mate, out, cause it because he gave us some gold. The, the stuff about yeah. um, Daniel, Le- uh, sorry, Daniel Levy stuff about <laughs> Robbo, text, yeah. Robbie changing his uh, uh, sort of texting Daniel Levy saying, "I want to leave this club" and stuff like that. So it was incredible. Uh, there's loads of stuff on there, so go back if you haven't listened to it. Look, it's going to be evergreen. You always be able to listen to that yeah. podcast. So if you if you if you want to go back and listen now, that's fine, and um, you'll get from it from. And the same as, as when it was released. Uh, Paul Robinson, Barcelona yes. live show on Tuesday next week. Tickets are now sold out. No more tickets. Bang. You can't get a ticket for that. But what I would say to you, everybody who's coming, anyone who's bought a ticket, be aware that this is very much an interview with Paul Robinson. It's not like Arsenal where you turn up and um, you have a few beers before the game. The the, the point of this originally yeah. was to uh, was to interview Paul Robinson and get him to tell us all the stories that he's had about. 
about um, about Spurs. So what I need everybody who who has bought tickets to either like, to turn up on time at six thirty. That'd be amazing. And tell anyone who you're coming with who isn't aware of the Fighting Cock podcast that this is happening. Obviously, we've got one of you know the legends in the last fifteen years at Tottenham uh, coming and, and speaking to us. And um, it'd be a bit disrespectful if everyone's just chatting at the back. So it's going to be a bit of an awkward one. I need I need, I need everyone who's coming to yeah. come in and, and <laughs> some ground control. Yeah, just a little bit, mate. That would that would yeah. be incredible. Um, it's obviously backed by Fans Bet, our sponsor. Paul Robinson's an ambassador of Fans Bet, and uh, they're going to be having some people there talking to you. Uh, if you want to sign up for an account there, and then you can. Uh, they're doing some offers on the night uh, for the Barcelona game. So um, yeah, either you can take them up on that offer or you can just sit back and listen to Paul Robinson tell great stories about being the Spurs goalkeeper yeah, which is a win-win it is a win-win everyone's a winner um, so I suppose we better do it yeah if we did a social you were there I was there Mercy, we, uh, we did it in Waterloo didn't we yeah. uh, great turnout 350 people mate it was, it was great at half time yeah it was amazing half time it was incredible yeah. uh, at 2-1 it was up there with one of my most fond moments just kind of supporting Spurs because yeah. it's that's what's great about the social if you've never been is it's that bond of kind of like we can't go to the game so let's all be together and kind of watch it and celebrate goals and enjoy that Yeah. and, and that moment of kind of Dyer's goal and then Kane's goal regardless of what happened after that they will still be fond memories for me and I think yeah. it's great yeah so I, I agree 100% yeah. and I went very early on, on the Fighting Cock Twitter and posted <laughs> yeah. a picture of yeah. uh, Dyer's uh, pipe down yeah. which uh, I haven't been able to look at it again mm. actually since the game. Yeah. Um, but you know you you've got to get him, got to get him at every moment yeah. when he can. Um, but we we took an absolute fucking rinsing on our social media from from Arsenal fans, yeah. and you know so it should be. You know, yeah. We we put our balls out there, and then. Yeah. Uh, but this is the thing: is is part of the joy of football is just sticking two fingers up at people and then it backfiring on you and you having to then take like hours slash days slash weeks of shit yeah. from the opposition. That's part of the fun because when it pays off and we go on and win that game 4-1, then it looks amazing. Yeah. So it's the risk versus reward and if you're not prepared to chuck it out there, then it's nowhere near as much fun, right? So both, exactly, 100%. So both both clubs have been charged with failures to control their players. Right. We should be rewarded for it because it was amazing entertainment and that's what football is about and that's what, as fans, we want to see, right? We want to see... Our players and even the opposition players, especially in the derby, we want it to matter to them. Like, can you imagine if, like, I don't know, switch it round? We're in the new lane, and I don't know, Ramsey scores and is shushing our basically our subs bench, yeah. and they just do nothing, just let it go. Yeah, no, that's not what you want. How, how would you feel? About do you have that? any issue with what Aubameyang did in terms of? No, I don't have any issue with any players on any side in any game getting aggressive and defending what's theirs. I'm not talking about like violence necessarily, yeah, but just kind of like standing up for their team like that's what I think fans want to see I, I, I think that that game was the best example of why English football is the best yeah. in the world because it had everything it had you know you, you got Dyer goading their fans it was a return a return on them going 1-0 up then they obviously returned us with going you know 3-4-2 up but it was that horrible kind of for you know fans talk about how it's important for players to understand what it means for a fan yeah. when going into a game like that. And I don't think Aubameyang or Lacazette were thinking about their paycheck when they scored against Spurs. And Dyer and, and Kane definitely weren't, and I, def- I don't think they ever did. No. Um, so look, look, that's that was as close to fans playing on the pitch as, as I've seen yeah. for a long time. Yeah, for definitely. I mean. Once it kind of settled down, because we were going crazy, obviously, at the live show when Dyer's goal goes in. And when it kind of settles down and, and then everyone's kind of focused back on the screen and what's going on and we see that it's kind of kicking off, I think that kind of gave everyone in the room that like kind of little bit of an extra lift, like, this game is on, this is real, this is happening. And there's that little bit of electricity that you get from that. If yeah. we'd have just scored and then just jogged back to the halfway line, I just, I don't understand why there's this kind of... Uh, insistence on trying to sanitise the game of football. Well, this is it. We I don't, don't like, get it. The FA, we don't, or the Premier League, we don't give a fuck. Yeah. We, the, the, the club, like Daniel Levy might, might do, and the owners of Arsenal yeah. might do, but everybody else, we don't give a fuck about your sanctions, we don't give a fuck yeah. about bringing the game into disrespute. It's our game, not yeah, yours. Exactly. Right, And we'll behave how we want to behave. Yeah. And, and and so I'm not saying anything illegal, or like you say, violence, Yeah. but ultimately, when it means... 
that was a game of football that meant more to the people playing and yeah. the fans involved than a ruling body. Hundred percent. Did any fans get hurt? No. Did any players get hurt? No. Was there any bad language picked up on the mics? No. What, who's the victim here in this scenario? No yeah. one. It's just like, for me. It's just it's absolutely crazy. It's like bureaucracy gone mad. It's just it's just pathetic. I blame Brexit to be honest. What, really? whole, for the whole lot. What? All of it, mate. What's, what do you mean? Just Brexit's just ruining football. What are you? You're not a Remainer, are you? No. 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 Oh. No. I'm. I'm kind of being. I don't, no. No. I get fairly. It. Yeah. That's I, kind of. I mean, I. I. What you voted Leave. I did actually. Did you really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, but probably not for the same reasons a lot of other people who voted Leave. You hate ethnics. That is the main reason. Yes. You're uh, no. <laughs> Mine was purely on a uh, kind of uh, sovereignty basis. I mean, you don't have to explain yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's, it seems like the fighting cock's not the best forum. Yeah. For conduit political. for your political views. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, fucking, well, do what you want. Yeah. Man. I don't give a Mate, fuck. Mate, go for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, did did the, this, the Southampton result? Did it? Mend any wounds or heal any wounds? Um, I don't think you can heal wounds from North London derby how, by playing someone else. How badly did you feel afterwards? Because I, I felt that I, this was one of the toughest yeah. I've had for a long time, probably since the the, the five two results. Yeah, it was it was low, and like I said to you after the game, I was glad that I was around you lot. Because I think if I was on my own, I would have been. I think that would have hit me even worse. Because I think at least there you can kind of drain your sorrows a little bit not just with booze but kind of talking it through and just kind of having a laugh and, and kind of moving on that way but it just felt like we were going into it in good form they had this unbeaten thing that we could just take away from them it was just kind of set up for us and we even started badly got into it and we were 2-1 up at half time and it was like it was all there yeah. when I look back at it it was just like but we weren't very good like we were really quite poor on the day I and think, they were decent yeah I don't want to go it's too, hard to say but yeah I mean yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't sit here and talk realistically about that game and didn't think that Arsenal deserved to win as much as it pains me to say it. it makes yeah. me sick, but they were very good, and I do think that if we had Dembele, yeah. if if Alderweireld and Toby were together, that it might have been, it might have been different. But it is what it is. I mean, going into that game, it's going into that game. It was, um, I wasn't that unhappy that Foyth and. Sissoko started. I think if you look at the the goals, you know the fourth stumble. Like what, mm. I mean, I know part of his game is keeping hold of the ball and, and recycling it or playing it out. But that was a massive mistake. And yeah. then you look at Lacazette's finish that come off that our player. There's yeah. a luck involved, but they. Right, I mean, they did it. They they deserved it. And you just got to take. Sometimes you just got to take it on the chin. Yeah, and, and move on. And look, they, luckily football is never ending. Existential. Exactly. Uh, experience. Yeah. And um, we'll have, there'll be many more opportunities. I mean, for sure. And for me, that's the biggest thing is like, and I kind of, after I had a little bit of time to kind of digest what I've just seen, it is the kind of bit of a cliche, really, but it's like we lost the battle, but ultimately we will win the war. Because I kind of think, actually, if I take my kind of Spurs glasses off and look at them, what they've done in terms of this unbeaten run and the way that they're actually performing. I still don't think they're that particularly that great, but it is a derby and they've got good players. They're very good going forward. They are. You can't deny it, no one can. No, and on the but, day they but, were very good. But, but, but we, we played terribly and cut them open. Yeah, and that's what I mean, is I, I maintain the fact that we, we were pretty poor in that game. They're on this great run with, with good attacking players and whatever, but I just kind of look at it and think, they're still gettable, and I feel like you can't sustain a run like that for that amount of time with that squad. And I feel like we're doing what we normally do, which is that we well, get into this little run of games. I mean, for all the commotion, and there should be there should be commotion over Arsenal beating Spurs, and again, it showed that. I mean, how they celebrated, mate. So embarrassing. Do you think it's embarrassing? I think it's embarrassing because I'll tell you why. Well, I, I don't think it's embarrassing. Don't you? I think that's the exact way you should celebrate a win over your rivals. Yeah, but I think I'll tell you why I think it's embarrassing because I feel like it's. It, um, not just like a power shift, but I feel like before when we were kind of coming up and they were worried about us and then it got to a point where now we've overtaken them, we've finished above them, we're more consistent, we're doing bits in the Champions League, we, we're the, the team that people are talking about that are more in line for challenging for the league. Than Arsenal, yeah. Yeah, so when they beat us, it really seemed like a massive thing, like this is a huge statement, whereas I kind of feel like if we'd have won it, I sort of was expecting us to win it. Yes. So I want them to celebrate. I'm not saying I don't want them to celebrate in the same way as like 
the Goons are entitled to celebrate when they beat us. But I feel like it's a little bit embarrassing because it's massive overkill for one game. I don't agree with that at all. Don't you? No, not at all. I, I look back at our position mm. and what we would have done if the roles were reversed and it would have been exactly the same. Yeah. It would have been exactly the same. And I, if anything, it, it, it shows them up for what they are. Um, and, and that's for, you know, for 20 years or 27 years or whatever it was when they were above us, finishing above us. And they weren't kind of celebrating. Mm. So the thing is, what my issue is, Thierry Henry said the exact same thing that Pochettino said. That mm. they're celebrating like they've won a league. Mm. When we equalised in the last minute, uh, Jermaine Genus equalised. Yeah. And we celebrated it. And one of the major bugbears and one of the reasons why I started <laughs> writing about Tottenham, I started a blog back in the day called Cox of the West. And uh, one of the, the first articles I wrote is that he doesn't understand what a derby is. Yeah. And what Pochettino was saying was about humility after a win. It's yeah. important to be humble after you win a game. But I don't know. I, look, it, for me, it was like, that's the way your rivals should... Like, look at Boca Juniors and River Plate. Yeah. I'm not saying that's the right way, Fran Brooks and Brixton <laughs> and, and yeah, Tear Gas yeah. or whatever it is. But that hatred remains. And look at Port Vale versus Stoke, a better example. Again, not excusing what Stoke did to Port Vale's toilets, but at the end of the day, it's fucking toilets. I mean, yeah, don't get like it's not the end house, of the world. Yeah. Like, arrest what you want to arrest. Like get these people in jail, whatever yeah. it is. And it weren't the rich. Let's be honest, they were pretty ropey to start with. I mean, Port Vale toilets are going to be pretty grim, <laughs> aren't they? I mean, yeah. imagine the devastation that gets done to them. Yeah. Um, but but rivalry is more important than all the other bollocks around yeah. football. And the fact that Arsenal re- re- reacted in the way that they did about beating us shows two things. One, the fact that they they feel inferior to us yeah. at the moment. But two is that we force them to recognise this rivalry. Yeah. And I guess that's where I'm at with it, is that I guess we are in that kind of pole position now. So I feel like maybe that's how they felt before. Like, oh, why they're celebrating is just, just a one-off Of course, result. whenever you're in the benefit yeah. of the position of... Uh, it's like a um, kind of pedestal, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You're sitting on the pedestal. It's fine. It's easy to look down on someone. Yeah. But it's better when you're on that pedestal to understand why people are reacting that yeah. way. And if you understand why Arsenal celebrated in the way they do, then you understand the rivalry between Tottenham and Arsenal. Yeah, now, sure. Pochettino can't understand that because, in the same way Thierry Henry... Oh, Thierry Henry had more experience with it than Pochettino, but Pochettino looks at it about how we behave as human beings and about the humility you need to show. And he thinks that people... you know. We, we need to uh, the professional footballers need to behave in a different way look when we beat them at Wembley later on this season they're getting it yeah oh mate for no doubt they are getting it because what they've done is they've upped the ante mm. and there's, there isn't going to be a, a situation in the future where we can't beat Arsenal again for 27, 20, 27 years yeah they are guessing it, every single one of them. And all the pain that you lot feel, all the pain that you felt at that time, all of the goading that you've received from Arsenal fans, just bank it up. Yeah. All you've got to do is bank it up. Because the minute we get one over on them, yeah. in April, whenever it is, they're guessing it back. Mate, I'm saving all the videos of them, you know the changing room celebrations, like Bamiyang and all that sending up. I'm saving them in a little file. So they come the end of the season when we finish above them. I'm just going to keep retweeting them out. Yeah. With no context, just retweeting them. Yeah. Just putting them out there. But more than that, get get the gooners that got you. Yeah. So, you know I mean? Look, they're, all, they're all getting it. They're, yeah. they're, this is all... all just, just like I said, like just bank it all up and then when they got it, pull your guns out and get them. Yeah. They're getting gunned. They're getting gunned. The gunned. gunners are getting gunned. They're getting you gunned. You here first. Yeah, right, 100%. Uh, and despite all this commotion, all of the hoo-ha about beating Tottenham and you know, congratulations, well done, you beat a club that's bigger than you. You should be, you should be, you should be applauding that. Yeah. Um, we're above them. Yeah. I mean, what you were above us for? How many minutes? London was red for about four days, I think it Less was. Less than that. Less than that. What was it? We it was. What was it Saturday Sunday to Wednesday? So. Was it? Oh, alright, four days. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to me, it was like a big blur. I don't know. Yeah. It's a big, horrible. It was like a K hole. Yeah. And like a four day K hole. I mean, Someone who's one, taken man. too much ketamine on a night out. Yeah. Uh, that was flat. For yeah, four days. Yeah, yeah. Four days of that. <laughs> um, you know, they, they draw against Man United. Uh, we beat Southampton at home. And suddenly we are as we are. Yeah, it's great. And this is what I mean is when I was looking at things, I was thinking, oh, this is so shit. Like, we've just got, we've just taken a bit of a hide in there. Everything seemed a bit doom and gloom, but you sometimes just have to take a step back and go, 
well, actually, if you look at the fixtures that they've got left and what we've got left, and even in the kind of short space of time... Well, are our fixtures good? They're not bad, considering we've played like a lot of the top sides. But haven't everyone, hasn't everyone played the top? Mm. They, they, well, obviously, now they've played United. They've now got to play... They've now got to play... And they drew where we won. Yeah, exactly, so... Yeah. They're, they're in a situation where, yeah, it's basically... We've had a slightly harder start, if you want to look at it like that. So they've still got them to come. All right, but well, they did draw a Liverpool, didn't they? At home, we lost. That's so, true. So there's swings around about. There's swings around about. Um, yeah, they are. They're proper gassed. Yeah. Um, did the Southampton result? Oh, you went to Wembley last night. I did, mate. I wasn't going to go, so I have a season ticket, and obviously we're getting these refund things at the minute, and so I've been kind of selective about games. And originally, I wasn't going to go to this game, and it got to kind of I don't know lunchtime, and I thought, Do you know what, it's not. It's not so much about the whole like Wembley bullshit or the shit weather. Like I just want to support a team, so I just I suddenly got that little taste of it and thought to myself, actually, this is as a proper like if you, if you're a fan and you probably believe in your club, it's when they're not doing well or when they need you. That's yeah. when you should try and get yourself off your sofa and go. Remember, I watched uh, Spurs play Ipswich, uh, lose three one to Ipswich. Nice. Uh, Ian Marshall scored a brace. Wow, do you remember Ian Marshall? At all? <laughs> so Ian Marshall was uh, he had a mullet. Uh, it was back in the day where Strong kids man. had. Um, what did they have the the uh, string? In, oh yeah. In, okay. like, do you know? Do you remember this at all? Yeah, I'm I'm going with you. Yeah, yeah all right. So even Man United had like, yeah the, with the, that the drawstring yellow and green kit. Yeah, remember, exactly. Uh, Pauline, yeah. So uh, even Ipswich had one of them, and um, Ian nice. Marshall scored a brace, and there was like nineteen thousand people at White Island. and it, back in the day, I just loved going football. Yeah. Now, that's not. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> the, the, there was was it thirty three thousand uh, less than what we'd have had at White Hart Lane, although. Not for a league game, but for a Europa League game, we had less at White Lane. Yeah, and to be honest, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like it's such a difficult like comparison because if it was a White Lane, it wouldn't have been that low. So it's it's difficult to compare it because um, I think basically there's just this massive fatigue around Wembley. Oh mate, it's unreal. You know, I mean, look, did you did you read Danny Ray Brose's article? I saw a little bit of it on the tube on the way over. Yeah, yeah, he's he's basically saying what everyone else is doing, yeah. and then, and it's I think it's remarkable. Actually, our form at Wembley this season, given the fact that we've had to play there, and massive hats off to all of the players, Mate, totally. the staff and Pochettino are just getting on with it, because no one else is having to contend with this stuff. Mate, it's, it's, if you re- if you really look at it, like since we've had to be at Wembley, actually some of the results we've had there have been absolutely Incredible. outstanding. Like Real Madrid, United, Liverpool, Chelsea. Like, yeah, exactly. Dortmund. Uh, even the Inter game the other night was real pressure on that game. Yeah. We managed to dig out the result that we needed. Like. And if you take that into consideration, you look at our form, bearing in mind we're essentially playing every single game away from home for like a year and a half. Yeah. It's amazing what, what the players have done with that. So I'm not surprised that they're now just like, okay, look, we're just, we are sick of this. Because I know as a fan that I am very, very sick of it. Like, well, it's really well Danny, Danny Rory said, like, playing at Wembley is not even special anymore. Yeah. And uh, in a way, like, shame on everybody involved in this situation. Yeah. Like, I, I don't give a fuck about. Wembley really anymore um, about it being a special stadium that was long you know yeah, semi-final thing that killed that yeah it's fucked from that point but you know it, it, it is what it is but but Danny Rose I, I actually found it refreshing and I mm. love actually despite the fact that Danny Rose has a pretty bad history with mm. the press and I'm surprised the club are even letting him talk to him anymore but um, he he just he, he does he's very honest mm. he's very open and there was I read the transcription it was written by Dan Kilpatrick in the um, Evening Standard and you see him pause you read it reading and he paused and he said I'm just not proud to play at Wembley anymore wow. and that says something about what's gone on in that game and it says something about how we've been allowed to play there yeah. really and you know it was the best option for us as, as fans but for the game the lovers of the game you don't want a club side playing at Wembley and what we're going to have now is that Spurs are going to move out we're going to move into our lovely new stadium and Chelsea going to spend four years there, so it's it's a mad thing. Yeah, it's almost kind of rent a ground, isn't it, for teams that are going for a transition of their stadium? Which yeah, anyone in London, yeah. I think that'd be the last one now. But yeah, but it's just like you say, it's, it's quite sad to see because you kind of feel like Wembley, like internationally, it's seen as like the home of football and the kind of pinnacle to play at Wembley. Like a lot of countries do view it in that way. Yeah, and it's like to kind of just I, I genuinely resent it now. Like I think of Wembley, I just it's negative feelings. Even with all the special nights there, I drove. I drive out. I drive out to meet my missus. Uh, see, see my missus where she lives in, in the West Country, and yeah. drive past Wembley from where I live, and I look at it and go, "Fucking, just blow up." Yeah. 
Just die. Just blow up. Yeah. And just... <laughs> Gone. Just, yeah. Forever. Like Independence Day, just the like, spacecraft yeah. hovering over yeah, it. Yeah, it gets fucked up by some aliens. Yeah, shit off. <laughs> um... How did you, what did you think of the game though, generally, so the game, like last night? Yeah. It was like for 60 minutes, controlled it, no problem really. Yeah, I saw. They hit the bar in the first half. I saw Windy put a tweet out just basically saying it was like encapsulated our season, which is that we like were in control for a lot of period of time, but we're giving away kind of chances and decent teams will punish how us. Much, how much of it is that we're freeing it up, you can ride the game out, we don't have to exert pressure because we have so many games ahead? Do you think that there's any part of it thinking, all right, we've done, we've won, let's not. Let's yeah. not exert ourselves too much. Well, the thing is, there were chances before it was 3-0. For so Southampton? Yeah, and so I, for me, it was a case of... I mean, we were never not in control of the game. Basically, the whole entire game, it was very much in control. Do you think that towards the end, I thought they were all over? Yeah, but that, that's when I start thinking, right. it was kicking in of like, well, we're 3-0 up, so I'm not chasing that guy because my legs are a bit tired. Or I'm not going to do is that is that not a good like game management? Yeah, mate, totally. I... Because we've got Leicester and then Barcelona yeah. next. For me, we've already was, won the game there. It was completely uh, just a case of we're three 0 up. The game's done. Just let them play. Just just do what we have to do to get through this. It was just a very professional job. Or were we being completely outplayed by Southampton? <laughs> no, <laughs> basically no. no. They look. They. It was so easy for us to go three 0 up. Yeah. Their defence was horrible. It's so bad. I mean, the first goal, uh, Kane's movement was lovely. And what I would say is... He didn't do a great deal either, though, did he? True. It? But then what I would say ball is... ball-in from Ericsson was lovely, though. It's so much easier to be destructive than it is to be creative, right? So I'm always loathe to be like, oh, it was just terrible defending, that's why he scored. Well, he didn't just stand still and hit him in the face. No. He made you movement. create the situation. Exactly. So that like, little bit well, of play... Well, I explain Lucas Moura's goal, because that was, that was <laughs> garbage. Yeah, that was basically Sunday League um, yeah. with really big budgets. Um, yeah, I just... I thought basically the whole game we knew if we put we were basically in third gear for the whole game and if we had to step it up we could have and it was just a case of don't get injured don't people want weren't flying want tackles no, and, exactly. and, and that's the part of the problem is the kind of inertia around Tottenham at the moment and there is a massive inertia around Tottenham yeah. fans are kind of fed up don't know what we've got as a club currently and you know we don't want to go to Wembley mm. but we want the new stadium and being further in the league is not good enough yeah. or it doesn't create the excitement that it once did I think it will when we get in the new stadium we can start to build yeah. and the club starts to spend crucially yeah um, but yeah it, it did feel like we'd managed to win a Premier League game which is bizarre without trying yeah it, it was a bit weird I, I mean they are they are shit Southampton they are actually shit yeah they, they've they, got a decent front line yeah, a semi-decent front yeah, line it'll keep them up yeah it should do I mean if this manager can get them to do something they'll, they'll, that manager yeah. That, he, he's had a quality he, he used the RB uh, Leipzig's Leipzig. um, manager in the first two seasons Had only Bayern Munich had a better record than him in the Bundesliga so he's saying Southampton next season will finish second is that I'm it? saying that this manager when Pochettino gets <laughs> sacked in three months you want a bit of him get him in Just let's destroy Southampton again yeah just do it to him one of my favourite things is watching <laughs> Southampton fucking shit their pants yeah it's good pulled all over the place um Apparently, like less. Someone, someone tweeted us Leicester. We've got Leicester next week mm. on Saturday, Rob. Leicester fans loathe Tottenham. Yeah, like, mate, they fucking hate us. I was going to say to you about this. What? Where does this hatred of Spurs come from? I don't get. Job? I don't get it, mate. It's, it, obviously, it was that season where um, they we won the title. Them, but we weren't that out of order, but, weren't like. But I just don't get it. Yeah, it's really weird. I feel like they've created this weird rivalry in their heads with us that we just like. We've got enough rivalries in London. We don't need another one, thanks. Everyone fucking literally. Well, Liverpool as well. So if you if you put all the London clubs plus Liverpool plus Liverpool and now Leicester, Leicester. fuck yeah. off. Yeah. Just get fuck, over it. Fuck it off. I can't think of anything that it compares to. It's just like we are, from my perspective, we're pretty inoffensive. <sighs> I, look, I understand why Arsenal and uh, Chelsea hate us yeah, for various reasons. For same reason, yeah. Even West Ham, we don't get it. Like our, our players don't behave like they did against. True. Like, Dyer wouldn't have done against West Ham that he did against Chelsea. True, because I guess he doesn't see them as much of a threat in that way. So, so. Where, where are you at with Dyer in that? Because what, what did you think about his celebration? Because I don't think he's the long-term answer to our defensive yeah. midfield. But I do appreciate how much he understands what's going yeah. on around him. Mate, I am a massive Dyer fan, and not necessarily just like because of the way he plays, but I, I agree with you. You need, in a club and in a side, a player who does get it and who, when needs to, puts his body on the line and smashes people and is prepared to do it. And also you need someone who's basically got bollocks to, to score a goal and then just give it absolute beans 
like you need that and, and I'm, I get really um, kind of frustrated when people are like oh we can just upgrade Dyer and we'll be this we'll be better or we just need to replace Dyer and this like he's done nothing for the club now I'm not saying that you know as fans that we necessarily owe things to players but we always demand loyalty from them yeah right? so we're always like oh he owes us you should do this yeah well we should give him a little bit of leeway and give him a little bit of respect like the, guy, the guy's been a linchpin in this like the last three to four seasons when we've been the best side we've been certainly since I've been following the club so why are we just like oh let's bin him off and bring some like yeah. some random Look, guy in like, well, I, oh. I, I'm not against upgrading someone no totally I, I'm not against like, like if you can find someone that's better than Dyer then do it but yeah don't dig Dyer out, mate. Totally, because we understand these limitations. We know we, we know what kind of player he is. Yeah. If he's giving all all for his club and he's being yeah. picked by his his manager, then you you back him to the hill yeah. forever, mate. One hundred percent. When we were going through this like shit's kind of stage when we had like the Sherwood and like the fallout from the, the Vias Boas whole thing, and I was a little bit kind of disillusioned with where the club was going. And then when Poch came in, he brought in the likes of Mason and the likes of Kane, yeah, and these like players that he was like kind of developing from the kind of you set up I kind of felt like do you know what all I want from a Spurs team is I want players who give a shit yeah that's all I want if we end up finishing mid-table or with you know we're not really kind of ripping up trees but the players give a shit yeah I can live with that you know and it's just a case of like for me there's a lot of now we've gone past that point where let's be honest we had a, a bit of a kind of a soulless period and it kind of felt a little bit disjointed. We had players like Mason and these other players who actually came in and cared and they were passionate about it. Now we've got good and we really are seriously decent started. Now suddenly people are kind of jettisoning that. I want a mixture. Like if you can upgrade him, fine. Don't get rid of him. Yeah, yeah, of course. Keep him in the squad. Like, I need I need players like that because that they're the players that I kind of identify with. You know, we've got a, we've got a question from at cannot cope. Um, appreciate that. <laughs> um, is it better to have a rival that challenges you and even sometimes beats you, or would it be better if your rival was some shit team you crushed every year without foul? Well, what do you think, mate? I know the answer, my answer to this. Uh, I think from my perspective, if it was Arsenal and they were shit and we crushed them, that I would take every single crushing that we did mm. with equal amounts of joy. Mm. But so much of that experience is about the feelings of those around you and I know the way football works and I think that if we were beating them on a regular basis that it would dissipate and wouldn't mean yeah. as much Amazing. so it's important for Batman to have Joker yeah. God to have the devil yeah. and very much Spurs are Batman and God in that yeah. situation me so, and diets like that sort of you and diets yeah, yeah. yeah. Who me, me and healthy food you win well I always win because yeah. I'll just consume everything and then like, how do you feel when you consume it when you've eaten that, other, that second pizza yeah how do you, you feel good like a god mate Oh, you feel like a god. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. so when if the diet comes back, yeah, and 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 you don't eat that pizza, how do you feel then? Uh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Probably feel like normal, like just yeah, kind indifferent. Of, yeah, indifferent. So ultimately, you're you're in the same boat as me. Is that if you you can smash it to pieces, then yeah. that's fine. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, essentially, yeah. I mean, I lost in my own metaphor there. Um, essentially, for me though, it's a case of. You want that jeopardy. Like, football essentially is entertainment. You need it. You need, you need it. it, mate. It is essentially like entertainment. I know we all get carried away with it and we do take it personal and we should do. And it becomes like part of our life, definitely. But ultimately, it's like a thing that we can escape our regular life from. It's escapism. Yeah. If it's like just a nothingness and we, we know that we're going to win, where's the fun? Like, I like thinking that, oh, we might lose this. Like, how much more exciting is it? Barcelona, for example. We have to beat Inter Milan's result and we have to essentially go to Barcelona and probably in all honesty we have to win there it has to be a scenario that is so much more exciting than yeah. going oh we've got Southampton on Wednesday night yeah I knew we were going to win that game I had no you're right it's the storylines around it it's the storylines without, without the pain without them beating us yeah. there is no glory at the end of the path right. that, that's it you think about the great, the great we've talked about it on the fighting got so many times the best night in, in, in Tottenham's history in the last 20 years is that 5-1 win mm. against Arsenal at Le in the League Cup yeah. or the Kabul header that made us win 3-2 both of those games we were underdogs yeah when you were the underdog like Arsenal were the underdogs going into that really yeah and look how much it meant to them it's the same thing for us yeah Imagine any movie, like say Wolf of Wall Street, and at the beginning he starts off and he's like got this shit job and then like he builds up and makes all the money. Imagine the movie just started with him being a millionaire and then it ended. You just be like, what is the point of this shit? shit? Yeah. You, you need, you need and Jeopardy, this is man. where Man City fans are at. 
Is yeah, it, totally. Is it, they've got it all. It's, but it must be so boring. I know that sounds a mental thing to say. Like what, what else have they got? They've, done, they've won the league. Yeah. What have they got? The Champions League. After they've done that, what is left for the Man City fans? Also, no one's, no one's expecting them to do anything other than win it. So it's not even as if like... You know, like I remember when Wigan won the FA Cup and went down. Yeah. And all the pundits went, oh, would you take going down to win a trophy? They, I'm sure if you ask them, they would take that... Forever and, and Leicester, Leicester, for of course, of course they would. Because what's the point if you're not if you're not doing that? If you're not taking those moments of glory? If you're just wanting the sustained, like what what do Arsenal fans actually want? What yeah. do they want? Like what they they want in Wenger out fire. What do they want from Emery? They want to yeah. win the league and then what? They want to win the Champions League. Never going to happen. Yeah. Or it might happen in some sort of fluke. I think I think all of football is going through a process of of, of dealing with the existential cycle of being a football fan and I think what's been lost in football is an acceptance that your club is your club and you don't need anything other than the fact that you belong to it mate 100% and that's what's being lost mate 100% and and, and I think you find that in lower league clubs and you find it in the championship you even find it in the lower um, table in the Premier League but for the top six I think including the Tottenham included we run a very real risk of being doomed as a fan base. Yeah, I think there's a massive inertia around Tottenham at the moment, too. and I think it's a, the same for all other clubs. Yeah, and the only way you cure it is being by being bad, mm. or by <laughs> fucking being incredible. Yeah, and I think what we've got is a manager in Pochettino who can tap into like getting us to believe in the club again. Yeah. Let's hope that when we go back to Tottenham, it feels like the White Hart Lane where you yeah. you you come you come to White Hart Lane and getting it yeah and if you beat us then so be it but next time we're going to have you yeah I, I kind of believe essentially football is a little bit like pro wrestling in the sense of <laughs> in the sense of like the storyline element of it like if you look at like football for the last sort of 10-15 years and the way teams have won the title like Leicester winning it out of nowhere the way City win it on the last day in a mental game and Aguero scores that goal it was Balotelli's only assist or when a player goes back to another club he always scores against that club or a player goes on his debut and always scores on his debut and all these like amazing things that happen in football that that basically commentators always go oh you couldn't write it well you could and I kind of feel like Spurs are on this journey where everyone like the media absolutely hate us anytime there's like uh, the title race there's never Pochettino in the mix it's always like Mourinho and Klopp yeah. and Guardiola it's never Poch I saw some article they were talking about it's a three horse race um, unless Spurs beat Chelsea and then it's a two horse race Yeah, not that it's a three horse race with us instead of Chelsea uh, and all this sort of stuff so I kind of feel like at some point we've got the best striker probably in the world well ESPN it, said he is the best uh, they did the, the top 100 and he's the best striker and I'll take, I'll take ESPN over my just general opinion Yeah, um, we've got the best striker in the world who's Loves our club. It's from the area, and he's he's essentially the leader of our team, right? We've got this amazing group of players. We've got this amazing manager. We're about to go into a new stadium. We've put up with decades of utter shit and mediocrity, and Raziaks and Dockeries and and load of shit. Yeah. And I feel like we will win a title. We will. It'll happen, really? mate. It will happen because I just sort of look at it and I think if you look at the the league titles. Well, the last we're not going to win a title when Man City exist. Yeah, we will. Because that one season, they'll oh, you get mean bored. In, in our future. In the next, like Pep Guardiola will. I'll say this now: in the next six years, we'll win a title. Oh, next God. six seasons. Because be if you, that would be lovely. If you look at the like, really, really like that. Yeah. Well, look. Put it this way, right? There's a lot of stats out there, and I, I'm not a big believer in stats. So I sort of more try and kind of vision what I see, right? But if you look at the kind of teams that have won the league and points totals that we've had in the last three years we would have won like six out of the last like I think it's like 15 there's always titles. some fucking right and eventually that... if you keep if you consistently stay at that level which you'll is get what it. we're doing you'll get it those other teams are going to drop off or get unlucky or get an injury or a player leaves or a manager goes so we just need to be that club just, just stay stick in the just stay. long enough that's all it just is just stay so yeah, and 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 you think like wouldn't eleven out of fifteen Premier League games is fucking impressive. Yeah. I get we've lost those four games. Yeah, what have we got Liverpool, Man City, uh, Arsenal, and Watford away. Yeah, and they're tough to take. And I think the top six are going to be taking points off each other. Yeah, the Watford one I think is the most frustrating because that is the, the one, others you can kind of you know realize that that'll happen at some point. Yeah, well you have got Liverpool and Man City are clearly. I mean, you talk about how good Man City are and Liverpool are two points behind them. Yeah. So. You know that that's how good they are, but look, we 
if you go away in the, against the top six, and that's going to be Man United, who are eighth currently, and get a result, you're done well. Yeah. Um, you get a point away from home, you've done well. Yeah. So we'll see. Let's just keep. If we win again against Leicester, that's a fucking insane return. That, that would be twelve from fifteen. It's amazing. The, the thing that we've got to be kind of really careful of, and this is what Poch does, I think, really well this time of year, is just manage the the kind of the squad basically rotate really well because we obviously got Barcelona was it on Tuesday twelve so, and sixteen sorry sorry yeah just sorry that's fine yeah you did the maths there didn't you did you see my head did yeah you see me sort of ticking over yeah <laughs> glazing over it's more accurate <laughs> um, but yeah essentially like we go into that game I think he's gonna there wasn't a lot that got taken out of the players last night so that is a positive Rose was back I mean he was a bit rusty but it's fine Trippier was Tonga might even well Trippier's gone off injured knee but t- yeah. Aurea would be back against yeah, which uh, Leicester is, which is fine is and then, it um, where are you at with Aurea yeah I mean I didn't think he bathed himself in a lot of glory against Arsenal but then nobody really did but before His that position is so crazy sometimes yeah. watching Trippier last night it did make me think I do probably prefer Trippier I just think you know what you get with him his delivery's yeah. a lot better he's a lot better I feel much more comfortable with him I, I really do I, I get the arguments why what about Carl, Carl Walker-Peters he's never let us down he never let us down, has he? Mate, I'm... He doesn't let us down! Mate, I'm all about the Carl Walker-Peters experiment. I don't understand why he's literally had zero minutes when players have been kind of out of form. And also, he plays... I know he's right-footed, but he has played left-back for the majority of his England career, if I'm not mistaken. He did Carl in the... Walker Peters, yeah. uh, I think... Um, I mean, Windy talks about him as if... Um, you know, he's, he's, his ability to carry the ball forward is, yeah. is good and he's defensively excellent as well, so... There's a reason why he's not playing, yeah. and, and I think there's stuff that we don't know. Yeah. Um, Oliver Skip made his debut, yeah. and Pochettino even said that you know we've been trying to get him into the Premier League team, but things yeah. have happened that have, that have made it so that we, it wasn't able to. But if he continues with his attitude, we understand the quality he has, yeah. he'll get his opportunity. Yeah. And I think that, that if he's saying that about Oliver Skip, why isn't he saying that about Josh Onoma? Yeah, and that's the difference is that Pochettino works with Skip works with Onoma unless he's a racist mm. he um, works with Skip yeah. and he works with Onoma right there's, there's a differential a differential behavioural pattern between mm. the two so either Skip has much more quality than Onoma you're talking about Onoma now instead of Walker Peters I'm talking about Onoma because they play in central midfield okay, yeah, and sure. they, they should like Skip played in, center, in, in a position that Onoma would, would have liked to yeah so what is what is the difference? So even like I'm saying that like either mm. Pochettino prefers white players, which I don't think is the truth. <laughs> yeah. Or or Skip has something that Onoma doesn't have. Yeah. And and what I'm saying is that well, like, I'm not digging out Windy at all because Windy knows much more about this than, than I do, and I'm just li- literally creating opinions as I speak. But there's a reason why Skip's getting opportunities now, and yeah, for sure. I don't know what it is, but often it's about attitude. Yeah, it seems like that as well. Bearing in mind, like Edwards has obviously pretty much just been bombed off, and we hear a lot about his attitude. So. But he's doing well. I, yeah, that's, and this is the thing; it's such a difficult thing to talk about because when you mention attitude with Edwards, you, it is like a, it's like, well, what are you saying? Mm. Like, what are you talking about in terms of his, his um, the reason why he's not getting through to the first team is because he's has some sort of attitude problem mm. and then with that is it, it becomes a loaded statement yeah. we don't actually know either way and this is the difficult thing I and mean, it's not about their ability or their perceived ability and it is just about like an intangible stuff that you'd only know if you knew them and trained with them every day I guess we have to kind of trust Poch's judgement in that sense because yeah. we like we know that those three players you mentioned and Onoma as well are all decent footballers and Winks has come through as well yeah so we know, we know that like they're decent footballers but it's this intangible stuff that we don't know about that's rumoured to be the thing it might not even be that we just don't know so it's difficult to really comment and say well it's because of his attitude like it might not be but no we don't know that we don't yeah, know it's well. just frustrating with Edwards because whenever it's I've seen exciting. him he's so exciting, so exciting yeah. yeah he's amazing alright John Bass thank you very much mate pleasure um, Fighting Cock is sponsored by Fansbit and um, uh, obviously they're, they're putting on the Paul Robinson show so come down those that are coming down uh, kind of be prepared to listen to Paul Robinson say amazing stuff about uh, these time at, at Spurs and uh, talking about his hatred of Arsenal hopefully which is great should we get you come down mate I'm here amazing I'll probably just be the one that's just telling everyone to shut up yeah so I'm just going to wear a you t-shirt can. saying please keep it down Robbo's well, just yeah. security security, security. security. Yeah. that's incredible yeah uh, other than that the fine, uh, the fine cock is sponsored by fans but, and that means that you can get 
a an account with them that gives you uh, an opportunity to better football, but also feel good about yourself because it gives back to, to fans. I think that's it. Uh, I, I think we've done quite well talking about that result. Yeah, I've, I've, we've got through it. Yeah. It's, it's difficult always, but yeah. God bless you, John, for coming down. Thanks, mate. You know, I'm, I'm always happy. All right, we'll see you soon. Peace. Peace. Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.